0: I had a a job during my senior year of undergrad at the University of Tennessee. Um, Shout out to Todd Reynolds. He was looking to bring diversity to his lab. He was a new and upcoming professor who's now tenured and doing great things. And um, he brought me on board as an undergraduate researcher. And then from there, He gave me the best advice. He had told me not to feel like I had to stay in his lab. He's the one that really pushed me like graduate school. You should go for it. You know, like you've got it and gave me the best advice and said, do not feel like you have to stay in my lab, but please venture out and find what fits for you.
1: This is the O-Rise Cast, a special edition of Further Together, the O-R-A-U podcast. Join Michael Holtz for conversations with O-Rise experts on STEM workforce development Scientific and technical reviews, and the evaluation of radiation exposure and environmental contamination. You'll also hear from ORISE research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the ORISE Featurecast. Welcome to another edition of the ORISE Featurecast. We are In the run up to celebrating National Postdoc Appreciation Week. So this week and next week, we will be dropping extra episodes of the feature cast featuring members of the ORISE and ORAU teams who have had postdoc experiences. My guest for this episode is Rachel Hill, who works with me here at ORISE. Rachel, welcome to the ORISE feature cast. Tell me a little bit about what you do for ORISE.
0: Yes, so I am a section manager um, in the DPP side, our group, uh, which stands for the DOE Participation Programs Group. Um, Specifically, the programs that I manage are for EERE, which stands for the Office of energy efficiency and renewable energy. I also support a small program under the Department of Transportation and a small research program under the Department of Defense. And so I'm responsible for um, making sure that we stay in line for the scope of the work that we're doing under these programs, the funding and just the day-to-day administration and operations of the program. And as a section manager, that gives me some people management duties. So I have a small group that I'm responsible for as well.
1: Okay. I have to imagine that managing three programs keeps you a little busy. Mm,
0: It's a good way to put it.
1: (laughs) Especially during certain times of the year, I would imagine. Exactly. Um, So how? tell me a little bit about how you got to ORISE. How did you decide to come to work for ORISE?
0: Yeah, so it's quite an interesting path. So after graduate school, I had a postdoc appointment um, with the University of Tennessee and the animal science department, which I was doing to still continue on kind of what we term as wet lab, just research, okay. basic research at the bench. And Honestly, if you can imagine, after five years of graduate school and then the two years of postdoc, I was ready to take a different turn, you know? Like my brain had been on overload for so long. And it's actually at that time that I had applied for um, a job with o um, and i never heard anything, but you know, life kept going on and I actually ended up getting a research associate position that um, I was doing some more of a lab management and research associate type work. Mm -hmm. And it was actually from there that I got a call from o And if you can imagine being on what we call in the field soft funds, so you were just able to get paid as long as you had research dollars coming in, that's kind of a unsecure feeling to kind of have our dark cloud over your head. And so mm-hmm. I was just interesting in really just getting with a good company where I could bring my skills to, but then also a place that I knew that I could have some sure footing, you know, having a young family, that was priority and just trying to um, broaden the way that I was thinking every day. Um, I would say at that point, I was kind of tired of doing the research. So I was excited about doing something new and okay. um, I found that that was a good fit, you know, once getting the call and interviewing and coming on board of O-Rise, it just seemed like a good fit for me to bring my skill set and apply it in a diff- very different way.
1: Mm-hmm. How long ago was that, Rachel, that you came on
0: board? So I am entering my fifth year okay. next month, actually.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um So you you talked a little bit about your um, postdoc appointment at the University of Tennessee. Tell me a little bit more about that. And I guess starting even earlier, Mm -hmm. were you always, did you grow up interested in science? Was that something that kind of always sparked your imagination? Mm -hmm. Or was there kind of a moment where Rachel Hill says, (laughs) this is what I want to do?
0: Yeah, yeah. So actually, I've always been into science and math. I'm I'm not sure if STEM was as hot of a term as it is now back then, but I always loved science, always loved biology. And actually, from a young girl, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And it was actually during my undergraduate experience that I had two in summer internships. One was at a joint Internship with Meharry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee and Vanderbilt University. And that program linked you up with uh, third and fourth year med students. And it was a wonderful experience. I mean, I had the time of my life that summer, but the individual that they had me linked with, he told me that he did not go on Christmas vacation because he had responsibilities at school And for me, honestly, it was like, what? I cannot imagine not going home for Christmas. And so I remember kind of putting that in the back of my mind. And then the following year, I had an internship out at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory in their life science division. And it was actually there that the seed was planted that I said, hey, I can still satisfy like that medical, you know, part of what I want to do but just doing Mm -hmm. it at the bench and not to say that it was easier but it was a very different path and um a different skill and so it was actually from there that I started on this research journey and so I had a, a job during my senior year of undergrad at the University of Tennessee um shout out to Todd Reynolds he was looking to bring diversity to his lab. He was a new and upcoming professor who's now tenured and doing great things. And um, he brought me on board as an undergraduate researcher. And then from there, um, he gave me the best advice. He had told me not to feel like I had to stay in his lab. He's the one that really pushed me like graduate school, you should go for it, you know, like you've got it. And gave me the best advice and said, do not feel like you have to stay in my lab, but please venture out and find what fits for you. And it was from there that the lab that I selected during my graduate school was a Toxoplasma gondii, which is a parasite. Uh, we can talk about that on the whole another podcast, but it was a <laughs> medical micro, right? And so I was able to um, do research there, and that just kind of took me on my course that of, of life, I didn't understand it then at the time, but from there, just kind of one thing led to another. So when I finished um, my PhD in microbiology at University of Tennessee, you know, kind of when you're finishing up, you're trying to find some place to go, you know, cause money is funny. And so uh, I actually got accepted to a postdoc appointment in the animal science division um, on the agricultural campus of UT. And that was the first time I experienced um, the beauty of the education that I was, um, you know, provided. Because while it was very different in the type of work that I did in my graduate work, I was able to still take a skill set there and make it work. And so, to your question, what was I doing? It was um, in the animal science department, and actually, we used bovine. Um, Tissues to do the work, uh, where we were looking at prostaglandin levels and how those affect um, kind of mortality and um, the success of um, of pregnancies in cow. Using that research to help push the science forward in humans, and so one thing that was very interesting. My days, some days, like three times a week would start at four o'clock in the morning where I would have to go to um, the slaughterhouse up in Bean Station. And on that keel floor, the people who were, you know, taking the animals through the slaughterhouse, they would give me the ovaries. And I would take those ovaries back to the lab and cultivate new cells. And that would be what I would do my research in. But that had oh, wow. to happen like two to three times a week. And so I can remember those early drives through rural Tennessee, just like, I can't believe this is where I am right now, but it was such a wonderful experience.
1: Driving to Bean Station to
0: pick up mm-hmm. ovaries. Yeah, on ice, feeling <laughs> it all the way back to Knoxville. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, the science was important and that's what your research focused on. So it had to be done.
0: Yep.
1: Um. And how long was that appointment, Rachel? So well, that was for two
0: years. Okay. Two
1: years. And over the course of those two years, I know, you know, you liked, you enjoyed the work, but you mentioned earlier that it was grant funded and being grant funded, you know, life is a little tenuous. hmm Right. So you've got a family and you're looking for something more long term, totally understandable decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how you came to o
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so it was um, it's interesting. Right. Kind of how life works itself out, because the um, my P.I. at the time, he was actually retiring, And so he had given me this heads up, you know, like Rachel, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. And actually he had that conversation. And then it was like three months later, he was like, yeah, it's happening now. And so it was actually kind of a bit of a frantic, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And things just kind of just fell in place. You know, I had totally forgot that I had applied for this job. So when I remember getting the call, I was on my way back home from Cincinnati and getting the call from HR at the time and they were like, we want to set up a interview for you. And I had no clue. It had been that long, Michael, since the actual applying and um, receiving a phone call. So I just feel that that was another lesson that everything works out in its own time when it's supposed to.
1: Everything falls into place. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I love it. Um, and so you've been here for your starting your fifth year. You said how I, I assume even though you're not necessarily doing the research um, that your your program participants are doing? I mean, obviously you understand the work that they're doing. How does that um, benefit the programs that you work on and the participants?
0: Yeah, so that has been huge. Actually, it's something that um, I talk about um, often with some of my peers. You know that while... Graduate school afforded you a very deep dive and uh, many different layers on your research project. But the skill that was learned, like the ability to like dig for answers, the ability to critical think and um, something they used to tell us in graduate school, while you are the expert in this field, like for me. So I should be, when I graduate, an expert and know all things about Toxoplasma gondii you should be able to apply that knowledge to any other field or any other subject. And I found that to be true because it is that ability to learn how to critically think and dig for answers. So it's like, I may not have the answer to this, but I can find the answer. Or I I should be able to apply some of this knowledge here. And that has um, been huge because I'm not doing, you know, the participants that, we are managing, they're not doing micro. You know, some of this stuff is solar, um, powered, or manufa- advanced manufactured, but I am able to um, pull on my knowledge to help connect the dots and to be useful in the work that I do on the day to day.
1: So the basic science knowledge still applies. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the key, you know, as you know, Dylan, you know, with o we have a lot of policies. We have, you know, there are things that are put in place to make sure that we keep our program assurance. And so, mm-hmm. um, and that's a wealth of knowledge. That's a huge, at times can feel like a Pandora's box. And so it's like, it may not be that I remember it word for word or, you know, can shoot it out to you, but I definitely know if I can't find it here, it's another place I can find it. And then I can apply it there in order to get us the right answer. So um, those things I found that skill invaluable.
1: That sounds amazing. So you're still technically a scientist, even though yeah. you're not. You know, you're not in the lab, but you're yeah. still using you're still using those skills that you spent so much time developing.
0: And especially, I would add to um, you know, as we as we grow our programs here, right, bringing in new work um, mm-hmm. and setting up these programs with different guidelines, and also the technical piece behind it is that whole technical writing piece that I feel um, you know it keeps us competitive and also it puts us on a peer level too with our sponsors. Um, not that. The letters behind my name make me who I am but at all by any means, because I, I would never um, dumb myself down to that. But at the same time, there are people who exist in the world like that. So sometimes coming up and showing up at these meetings, it's more, it can be more of a collaborative space than uh, I need you to do this and take care of it. So more collaborative over administrative
1: if that makes sense to you. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it feels like that would be, a, you know, a better way to approach it
0: mm-hmm.
1: anyway, with, with your customers, with your participants, with, with your own team members that it's, Absolutely. you know, everyone's in it together. So let's work together to make the programs right. the best they can be. Exactly. Rachel, for other folks who might be listening, um, And, you know, again, we're celebrating postdocs, we're celebrating postdoc, you know, appointments. Would you recommend to others to seek a postdoc appointment, to participate in those programs if they're interested and available to them?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, Because I feel like during those years, because with graduate school, you've been so focused on your research and, Becoming the sciences, you know, I just feel like there was a whole nother dimension of Rachel that was cultivated during that postdoc, you know, sometimes um, all of them are not created equally, but if you're able to get hooked up with a PI that is willing to allow you to think, you know, on your own and, and move forward with your research in a way that you are kind of guiding that. Those are all, again, invaluable experiences because it kind of is a shift right from graduate school where you're kind of under the direction of your advisor. And then they <laughs> start to let you go. I remember my advisor telling me, once you start um, pushing back on what I'm telling you, that's when I know that you're ready to get out of here. you know So it's like it's right when you're getting to that point where it's like you're you're thinking on your own, you know, you're using all the skills that you've been taught the postdoc allows you to really put that into motion, you know? And so I just found it as a great stepping stone. It allowed me to build another set of great relationships, you know, with the the staff. And it was actually during my uh, postdoc that I realized that cowboys are a real thing. I was on the agricultural campus. And, you know, I, up until this point, I had been with straight, you know, um, white coat, pipettes, beakers. And it was like, when I got over there, I realized, you know, it was like jeans, cowboy boots, you know, bandanas, but it was still the same level of great science that was going on. So again, it just kind of adds to that depth and wealth of who you are.
1: Right. And it, it certainly seems to apply in your case that to be open-minded about what the prospects might be because you, you went from, you know, people basically in hospital settings to, um, you know, basically animal science. yeah. Yeah.
0: It was like sheep. Um, I would sometimes go with my PI. We would have to inject the sheep, um, with the prostaglandin hormone And that was Mm -hmm. a drive. And some of these places we drive by every day here in Tennessee. So to the locals who hear this, um, they make sense. But the forms you see on going down Alcoa Highway, it's real research being done on those places, you know. So, I mean, I would travel with him and we would um, corral the sheep and um, do the, the science there on them, the live models and bringing them back to the veterinary hospital. Like it was just a whole nother world that was open up to me. And I didn't realize even at East Tennessee that that level was being done really in my backyard. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. um, just talking about a life-changing, broadening experience, that's a mad way to put it.
1: Mm-hmm. So take the opportunity if you can get it, be open to the possibilities of not staying in one way and mm-hmm. go for it, right?
0: Yeah, that's huge. Do not limit yourself just because you think you are you should be in one place that you have to stay in that vein. Again, you said it best, open yourself to the possibilities because those possibilities may bring you back to really where you wanted, you know, you initially intended. You just got to give mm-hmm. yourself a chance to,
1: go outside that box. Right. Awesome. Rachel, thank you so much for spending the last few minutes with me talking about your experience and your work. Um, I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for having
1: me. Sure thing. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the ORISE Feature Cast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.orau.gov. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at o Connect.